and welcome, welcome to Drunk Mythology. Mythology. I'm your co-host, Krista Hunsaker. And I'm your co-host, Christian Madonna. And today we are continuing our Maryland legends, and we are talking about the infamous Hell House. Hell House, yes, we're going full ghost story today. That's right. Oh, and if you hear any other background noise, that's because our roommates are currently playing Fall Guys, yeah, which is a fun game, recommend. If you got a PlayStation, you should, you should play it. Yeah, very it's, good. Oh, very good. We're going to play after this, for yeah. sure. <laughs> but right now, we're talking about Hell House, the big HH, not happy hour. Or Holmes. He's three H's. Yeah. HH Holmes? Yeah. Is that Triple H? Yeah. The wrestler? Uh, no, different person, but I guess so. Both? Yeah, maybe Triple H got it from H.H. H. Holmes. Don't trust a man with three H's. Especially because that's not his real name. He could have picked anything. Triple H or Holmes? Holmes. Oh, also yeah. Triple H, I imagine. All right, so as the story goes, there is a house. They call the Hell House. The Hell House, son. <laughs> Well, it's it, really, it's a whole complex of houses that were once holy houses, but today is nothing more than just a bunch of edifices and hollowed out and buildings. rubble. It's a lot of rubble. It's, some of it remains, but the buildings of these once hollowed grounds now just stand a former facade of former glory, looking out on a granite cliff over the Patapsco River. Old glory in the old line state. It's like a ghost story that kids in Ellicott City, Maryland would tell to each other. Late night parties and sleepovers. You know, when they're doing... But in between, like, Truth and Dare or Champagne. You know, spin the bottle. Champagne showers? Like... Yeah. Yeah, what sort of fancy parties are these? In between... Yeah, you know, the kids in Ellicott City, Maryland. <laughs> and it was the kind that would lead to, you know, each one kind of going one-upping each other and telling it even, like, greater. Uh, always contradicting each other until... As legends do, compounding it to be something more than it started. Yeah, it's... It, as the story goes, the story grows. And uh, they're always up in the ante, and then eventually, you know... The kids are upping the ante all the way to dares to go there. And they're and like, Hell House is just going to follow you. Yeah. The what? whole thing. Just follow you home. You're going to look in the mirror. You're going to turn around. It's Hell House. Oh, yeah. The whole thing. Hell House killed a man. Hell House. It did. <laughs> Hell House is really more of an idea. If you try hard enough, anywhere can be Hell House. You take Hell House home. Oh, yeah, and there's also, like, movies um, that are called Hell House. Like, there's an old one, and then I think there's been remakes that are totally different from the original Hell House, I think. Yeah, sometimes it's, you know, it's not the house on Haunted Hill, but it is a haunted house on a hell cliff. Yes, and not related to this one, I don't think any of the Hell House movies actually refer to this Hell House. No, nah, I think this Hell House is really more so of a local legend. Not All right, tell us the legend. So, yeah, to understand the legend of Hell House... The Creepy College is at the site of the former St. Mary's College Seminary School. Yeah, so there is actually a St. Mary's um, College that is It's like a liberal arts site. school that's in St. Mary's, or something like St. Mary's County. School. Yeah. Like and, and that place is real, and it's still around, and it's, it's older than this It's different than this. One. This one was St. Mary's Seminary. This was for priests. Boys. Going. This was a boys becoming men of the cloth. So going back to this school, even before then, in 1830, you had the you had steam engines and steel wheels rolling out. The ye old line. Because 
the Baltimore and Ohio Railroad had just opened for business. Oh, that's the B&O on the Monopoly board, yes. Yeah, that's the well-known B&O on the Monopoly board. <laughs> not B-O, B-and-O. Yeah, and not Reading Railroad, or, which could be Reading, I don't Oh, it could be Reading Railroad. It could be. Forget about Reading, kids. It's all about Reading. Yeah, and Reading Rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> so in those days, in the 1830s, a man named George Eliot thought that his house at Ilchester City would make a perfect stopping point. George Ellicott. George Ellicott <laughs> Junior. <laughs> a man named George Ellicott Jr. thought that his house in Ilchester City would make a perfect stopping point along the B&O line. And when your last name is Ellicott, not Elliot, <laughs> Ellicott in Maryland, your family's got money. So he was trying to pull a, like, um, once upon a time in the West where uh, he was buying up a railroad bit and he was like, this is gonna, I'm gonna put a tavern here, I'm gonna put, like, a hotel here. It's gonna be the stopping point. Exactly. He had it in his mind to really make his home in Ilchester City a real city. He thought, if you build it, they will come. <laughs> oh, low was he wrong. <laughs> so, you see, George Elliot Ellicott, <laughs> George Ellicott. George Elliot Ellicott. Junior. No, I know. As, as George Eliot wrote Middlemarch and many other <laughs> novels. George Ellicott Jr. did wrote not. Wrote nothing. <laughs> was illiterate. George Ellicott Jr. was a rich boy, grandson to Andrew Ellicott. Again, a name only big in Maryland, but that Ellicott City that we mentioned earlier. Well, but before it was a city, it was Ellicott Mills for milling the bones of children. Yeah, that's what that's what they milled, not paper or... Grain. Other things water. you milled. Water. Millet. Uh, no, that's these Ellicotts, though, of Take Me Down to Ellicott City. Where the mills are turning and the railroads are plenty. Yes. So this is George Ellicott. Spent years transforming his house into a tavern rather than years transforming his stories into well-woven complex narratives like uh, George Eliot. Like Krista said, he built a tavern and a grand hotel, and he's been a good deal building up the land because... He knew the trains would be coming through. There's and, a big black train a-coming, coming round the hill. It's not gonna stop right at my spot, cause it's going on to the mill. There's a big black train a-coming, there it goes. There goes my fortune, and well, as for me, who knows? That's exactly what happened. So the, so the trains came, and trains went. And then, nope, there they went. They went straight <laughs> on down to Ellicott Mills, and... They did not at all stop at Ilchester. In fact, They're like, Il who's heard of Ilchester? Not us. In fact, Ilchester was a bad move for them to stop at because then they'd be worried that they'd have enough... They'd quite li... <laughs> they'd... <laughs> they'd quite... <laughs> they'd quite literally run out of steam. <laughs> yeah, that... <laughs> that is actually the, 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 the joke and the long and short of it. They were worried they'd run out of... Uh, momentum and steam to make it to Ellicott Mills if they stopped. It was not a good stop. And that decision, though, left George's investments quite literally teetering on the edge of a cliff. Because the house is on a cliff, you see. Oh, is it? Yeah, I said it's all it's overlooking a cliff on the Potopsco River. Huh. Yeah. Cliff House. No, it's Hell Cliff House. Cliff Hell House. Heath Cliff House. Oh, that is a Hell House. Uh, so years went by. And George struggled to sell his failed venture until he found some property brothers willing to buy the whole area. Oh, excellent. And for a price that would redeem at least part of his investment. 
the brothers, as it turned out, were brothers of the Most Holy Redeemer, a <laughs> Roman Catholic congregation, better known as the Redemptorists. Oh, wow. So they're going to redeem this property and flip this house. Yeah, the Red Dead Redemptorists. So on June 12, 1866, yeah, we have a date, they purchased the site for 15000 which, you know, is a... That's like a million bucks. That's like a million bucks. Probably not even in 1866, but it's a lot. <laughs> Probably not, yeah. <laughs> and they spent the next two years and 672,000 bricks later building up the 110-acre site into a proper seminary school. They kept them at, like, the tally of the bricks? Everyone knows how many bricks go into every building. That seems very... No, you have to buy the bricks. And it's like, well, we didn't buy enough bricks. It was like, well, did you count them? Uh, uh, and then all the extra bricks were thrown into the river. No, then you sell them back and you're like, we sold this many. They're... They're meant for crushing witches. No, yeah, they actually, they use those bricks for the satanic rituals. Um, Spoilers. So they opened the doors in 1868. And they had turned George's Tavern into the lower house. And they converted it into a school and a church. And then they built an upper house in the Renaissance style. So very fancy, very ornate, you know, very like Italian Renaissance. Oh, uh, so they thought that tavern was shit. And they were like, this is the lower house. It's lower on the totem pole. Yeah, it's only a church and a school. We value these less yeah. than what we're going to turn the upper house into, which I think was a house. Like, <laughs> a dormitories. Renaissance. <laughs> Renaissance house. So... To connect the upper and the lower house, the brothers carved out an imposing 66-step stone staircase known as Jacob's Ladder. That's a good name for a staircase. That's a good name for the staircase, and it was sort of a stairway to heaven for the priests in training. And she's buying a stairway to heaven. Yeah, she's buying a ticket to Jacob's Ladder. For a century... Thousands of young men sought religion and training in the walls of these houses, going up and down Jacob's Ladder. That's all they did, really, is just eye the tiger up and down that staircase. You should have seen the calves and Oh, these priests had some sexy calves. Uh, as they'd go up and down Jacob's Ladder, committing themselves to poverty, prayer, and the Holy Spirit. Mm, the threes. Yeah. The Holy Trinity. Now that is, until dwindling numbers and a fire in the lower house in... 1968. It was George Ellicott's Jr.'s ghost setting fire to the place. Yes, he's like, damn this place that cost me money. Uh, so a hundred years of school opening, this fire happens, and it uh, really kind of signals the end of the school for priests. It's a proverbial fire nail in the fire coffin. Yeah, so in 1972, those doors shuttered for good and the buildings sat abandoned. Ah, well, they gave it a go. They had over a hundred years of a good endeavor, and they gave it a go. A hundred years without incident of closure. Well, now, why... I don't know if they did or not. <laughs> now, why did they close? Well, you know, there's there's lots of rumors and urban Rumor legends. Rumor has it. And that's what we're going to dive into. I mean... The rumors are the fun part. The logistics, forget about that. What are you asking the logistics for? You want, like, the facts? What's wrong with you? There's no facts here. This is all rumor. We ain't coming to tell you facts, except... Just legends. Except, yeah, it's all... And stories. It's a legend that... The, it's allegedly that there were 672,000 bricks filled. <laughs> yeah. And lies. There was 673,000! All right. <laughs> How deep does the conspiracy go? <laughs> open your open your minds, sheeple. Uh, so yeah, the, it's easy to take it at face value that well, 
you know, a fire and dwindling numbers uh-huh. and the order of priests deciding to relocate at their headquarters in Wisconsin. Unlikely story. Unlikely story. All of these. I, you probably believe it's butter. <laughs> but that's not what really happened. That's not what the kids of Baltimore and the local area say happened. And Ellicott City. <laughs> and Ellicott City. No, if the legends are to believe, it's something far more sinister. Dun, dun, dun. So, mold. The, the symbol. It was black mold. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was a serious mold infestation. It was a dark. It was a dark. <laughs> the simplest stories of this was the black mold. Um, <laughs> of the dark days. <laughs> was they say a student, maybe a priest, cursed priest in training. Yeah, uh, you know. So a student cursed the grounds when he committed suicide after an illicit affair. Oh well. And so in killing themselves on the ground, they, uh, they cursed the land. But that's the simplest one. The story's heads up. They get more gruesome from here. You more know, gruesome than just ki- than killing yourself. All right. Yeah, sorry. Already. Yeah. Trigger Ooh. warning. Suicide. Um, it gets worse. So, you know. Make sure you just tell these ones at the spooky story with a flashlight under your chin. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, don't do like a phone light. Just like buy a flashlight. Get a Mac light. Yeah, get a flashlight, because when your phone goes out in the middle of the night and there's no one around, you're going to want that flashlight. Get one that you could that you can use as a club. Get a mag light. Yeah. Campers, get mag light. So you can fight ghosts with light <laughs> Everyone sticks. knows they hate the light sticks. All right, so other stories suggest that the students were being held in harsh conditions, torture chambers, many dying of illness or violence. So like a Christian school. Yeah, like a Catholic Christian school. And <laughs> and being buried in subterranean crypts connected by tunnels running the length of the school grounds. There is basement pits. Like, that's actually a thing, and that's pretty terrifying. That's sort of what's surviving is the remaining, like, basement shells of uh, some of the buildings. And that's something you can go off and explore. And I, well, I don't know about legally, but you shouldn't. But that's something that's still there. And scary as hell. Yeah. So... The stories only get worse from there. That's that's easy. That's just a Catholic school. <laughs> now, the most demonic and terrifying of these stories is a lustful rector. Erector. Which it's, uh, yeah, <laughs> it lends itself to many a jokes. I had to look up what a rector was because I was like, this is, either, this is a fake thing. This is either a dick or a butt joke. No, it's, <laughs> it's a member of the church. It's kind of around the same level as a vicar, which is also real. A likely story. It's basically like an administrator of the church, you know, a public administrator for God. Well, what did this uh, erector do? This lustful erector. <laughs> so, so actually, the story goes that this erector was a predator who had sexually assaulted. Oh, animals. I was thinking like predator, like <laughs> no, more like a predator um, in the church. Ah, uh, uh, he had heat vision. So he had, he had assaulted, and uh, the story goes that he had uh, raped five nuns of the order. Yikes. Until they finally broke their silence. And the story goes, the church being one to sweep these sort of things under the rug. Sorry, church, you're gonna get dished on today. <laughs> uh, banished the rector from the grounds rather than, like, having him arrested and prosecuted publicly. No, but, banishment. Banishment from the grounds and heaven. I don't even think that, I don't know if they excommunicated him. They should have. Should've done worse. Because he swore he'd return. And when Ooh. he did, he'd get his revenge. Oh, classic. Classic banishment. 
banishment uh, reaction. Classic. And a short time later, according to this particular rendition of the ghost story, he did. Ooh. Now, staff members of St. Mary's College for Men, Boy, Priests of the Redeemers discovered a horrifying scene that... And pl- I would walk 5,000 <laughs> miles and I would walk 500 more. Oh, pl- <laughs> no, it's St. Mary's Redeemers, not St. Mary's Proclaimers. No. <laughs> discovered a horrifying scene that played out like a cut from The Exorcist or Rosemary's Baby. Ooh. And the Satanic Panic was strong with this story. Yeah, I was going to say, this was in like early 70s, right? When it closed down. Unfortunately for a religious institution to close down in the early 70s when Satanic Panic, which I love as a theme of like movies and media and stuff, really took the country by storm. So it's like, well, why did this close down? The devil. Yeah. <laughs> and we've actually, we've been working on our, uh, going through our Satanic Panic movies, you know. The really good ones, uh, like The Exorcist, The Rosemary's Baby, uh, the original Wicker Man, all recommended, all, spoiler alert, the devil. Yep. Uh, so, this, the scene that they discovered was of the five nuns all facing each other. So, picture five points all looking to, like, a center where they're all... They're all in a circle facing each other. Go on. Thank you. Hanging from the rafters. <laughs> Their blood dripping down and drawn in that blood directly beneath them was a circle, you're right, of a pentagram. Ah. All five points under them and at the head of the devil's circle was a sixth body. Body of the old lecherous priest who had turned the gun upon himself after committing his heinous ritual. That is quite a, that's quite a visceral scene. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a good... Good story told being told by, like, a 12-year-old to, like, 10-year-olds. Well, okay, maybe, like, a 16-year-old to... I don't know. I'm just picturing, like, kids sitting around a campfire telling a ghost story as they're camping in the, near the Patapsco River. Yeah, right? Underneath the, uh, the cliffside. <laughs> yeah. All right, that'd be... That'd be spooky, scary, cool. Um, but other versions of the story claim the, ple- the priest fled the scene and got away. Still alive to this day. Still cursing, up and down, up and down the Patinsky River. And others even claimed that the nuns survived the ordeal and were thus possessed by demonic forces. Ooh, that is, that's also a theme, is like nuns being left behind and being possessed by devils. That's like Insidious, right? Is that the nun one? One of these is the nun one. One of these one-word horror movies is the nun one, I'm <laughs> sure of it. The nun is. I mean, that's that's a movie. Oh God, it's just the nun. Insidious is probably the boy. Whatever. Hell House. Hell House. <laughs> yeah, the nun. <laughs> How'd I forget that? Uh, other versions claim that the priest was driven insane by satanic magic. Ooh, he, he was dabbling in the dark arts. Yeah, exactly. He was working on his defense against the dark arts, but he didn't have a proper education. He didn't have the defense like these kids in defense against the dark arts that can never keep a teacher. No, exactly. This is why. Even other versions claim that it had been female students instead of nuns. Well, that's just near impossible because they were all boys. Yeah, that contradicts the fact that the school only ever enrolled men because it was a school for Catholic priests. Yeah, St. So, Mary's College now enrolls both. Well, yeah, because that's... Because it's a college now. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and it's a real place. Well, this is a real place. Yeah. But it's, a, it's an open place. This is a real ruin. And in the absence of anyone inhabiting the building, even more stories started taking place. So this was just how it became abandoned, how they left in such a hurry. Mm -hmm. 
The stories after that are of robed cultists and witches at black masses. Tales of dark demonic rituals and satanic altars with ghosts and demons wandering the ground. You see, the priest that had invited in the devil, well, his guests never really left. And so these stories persisted until the old grounds of St. Mary's College in Ilchester took on its new name, Hell House. Mm, he forgot to uh, close the Ouija board when he was messing around with that in ye old times. And also all these Black Sabbaths and stuff, they're sacrificing the goat man. That's right. The goat man, the ultimate sacrifice. Oh my god, imagine, yeah. It's... If you can rope yourself a goat man, boy, are you in good with the Dark Lord's favor. Oh, if you're in Maryland and you're deciding instead of sacrificing goats, you're sacrificing goat man, you're gonna get, like, super devil. Yeah, it's goats, men, goat men. Yeah, you, you're gonna summon up, who's gonna look all baphomet, all Beelzebub goat man himself. Ah, oh, the big goat man down under. <laughs> so, hearing the stories isn't enough for the locals. Curiosity has a way of making people want to go see it for themselves. Oh, for sure. There's like, um, what is it? Something tripping. Yeah. Like, like legend tripping. Legend, it's legend tripping. Yeah, where you go and you like go explore these places that are supposed to be haunted or like cursed in some way. And then like you sort of test your metal by staying over or like doing whatever the thing is you're supposed to be doing. Like throwing a rock off a bridge or like turning around three times or I don't know. Calling out the calling out for the candy man, you know. Yeah. Going out going to your mirror at midnight and saying, Who can take a rainbow cover in Oh, I forget the word. <laughs> I get where you're going for it. The candy yeah. man. Who can, who can make a rainbow and cover it in smiles? Something like that. <laughs> That's a delightful song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The 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 summoning candy man. So that sort of thing. And that's when the stories grew even more, because these visitors, every one of them, would come back with a story of their own to tell. Ooh. Ghostly visages of priests and nuns, especially old salacious priests with the cold, bloody hands. Ooh, yeah, he had the Dexter hands. Yeah, he was caught red-handed. <laughs> and other, other reported strange weather events. Flickering lights and cold spots, you know, common paranormal stuff. Oh, yeah, especially around the Jacob's Ladder was where those cold spots would be. And it was even redubbed um, the 99 Steps to Hell. That's right, the 99 Roof Balloons. It's because if you do 66 steps and you look at it upside down, like you turn you turn your head like all, all the way around, it says 99. Yeah. And you're like, huh, 99 Steps to Hell. In fact, if you just flip yourself on your on your upside down and walk down the steps on your hands... Well, well, you're haunted. Well, you're haunted, and you're walking down hell. And if you can do that with surviving, you have got a serious skill here. You should probably be in the carnival. <laughs> but the local stories wouldn't be complete without one Alan Rufus Hudson. Ooh, who's that? The hillbilly of Hell House. Ooh. Also known as the hermit, but the hillbilly's even more descriptive here. Because this overly aggressive backwoods groundskeeper had a large frame... And was known for toting a shotgun and keeping a pack of Rottweilers. And he was like sort of a self-appointed groundskeeper. Like, I don't think anyone ever really hired him. He was just kind of there. Yeah, I think he he had like, he owned a house that was on the grounds and like, you know. Because uh, up, up after the 70s, there had been several attempts to buy or turn this, this grounds into something else. You know, entrepreneurs and, like too many and museums and the state had all tried and all too failed. Too many demons. Because the place was too haunted. It was cursed, you see. Property value was so low because of these demons. Well, yeah. And it was just, well, 
couldn't they couldn't construct on it because demons. Yep. So the hillbilly groundskeeper lived on the grounds. He was keeping them grounds. I can't help but picture overalls with this one. I know, right? I just, like he's like a Scooby Doo villain. Oh yeah, he, he, <laughs> he definitely looks like Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Yeah. And the thing is, though, this hillbilly was real. And he was very fond of using both his gun and his dogs to keep trespassers off the ruined yeah, property. Yeah, he could stand for no teenage trespassers. No, literally... He was literally the get off my property or I'll shoot. <laughs> literally... Okay, think about this. Maryland, half of its borders West Virginia, like, this is where we are. <laughs> and also, like, they, people would uh, reported hearing his dogs barking from, like, far away. So imagine that sort of also, like, terrifying, like psychological um, fear factor they got going, like, dogs in the distance. Oh, yeah. And, and really, when you add this character to the mix, to this haunted, demonic This is just, a, like, place, a great ghost story. It's just, like, adding, avoiding him really makes the place only that much more alluring to go and do your legend trip. It's even more exciting and dangerous to the local youths bored in the 80s. 90s. In the 90s. They were born in the 80s, too, but they had, I don't know, family ties and Back to the Future. More Michael J. Fox to keep them entertained. <laughs> it's keeping the kids out of trouble, keeping them off drugs. Exactly. <laughs> so in 1991 and 1992, Hudson was sued by victims for false imprisonment, assault, and threats to their lives. So he, he didn't kill them. But, but he scared them real good. But boy, the rest of it kind of checks out to the hills have eyes, the wrong turn left for dead stuff. <laughs> and in 1996, it all came to a head when Hudson shot a teenage trespasser and was arrested for assault with intent to murder. And he was like, I would, I still would do it. I'd do it again, too. I regret nothing. I stood my ground. <laughs> uh, charges were eventually dropped after finding out that the teens themselves had already been warned away, had already been warned away, and had come back themselves trespassing armed with baseball bats. This sounds like a like a 70s, 80s slasher film, right? It, the teenagers is... come back with baseball bats oh, and then yeah. they get killed and oh. they're like all high and mighty. They're like, oh yeah, this guy's like Leatherface. We're gonna show him what's what. Yeah, we will. Johnny, Rico, and, then... and Richie. <laughs> That's their names That's now. That's their names now, yeah. And uh, <laughs> so uh, the damage was done. The hillbilly was now a resident boogeyman to these teens and also everyone else in the area. Oh, yeah. At this point, you know, local notoriety. Infamy. But after this, one year later, one on year. Halloween night, 1997, an unexplained fire broke out on the grounds. Ooh. The flames engulfed the remains of the upper house and most of the remaining structures. The cause of the fire was never found. Demons. Yeah, it's demons. It's, it's, it's hellfire. hellfire. <laughs> it's hellfire, black fire. And as for Hudson, well, the fire damaged the structures enough that he was no longer allowed to live on the grounds. Yeah, he, he like either, some people said that he died in the fire or died right after the fire or he just like vanished or he just left. But actual records show that... Uh, he just moved out. Yeah, it shows that the uh, courts were like, hey, listen, your struct the structures are no longer suitable for inhabitants. In habitation, the walls could fall down on your house. Move. He's like, I have no regrets. Yeah, yeah. So he left. Maybe, maybe it was him, too tortured by the demonic spirits, that he had to 
clean the place up with cleansing fire. Oh yeah, he was like, I'll I'll finish this myself. And lights the fire. What if he was just misunderstood and he was trying to keep the teens from being caught? Possessed. Possessed. He was trying to stop the possessions. Yeah. He himself waged a crusade against this hell house for decades. Or he was part of it and he was working for Adam. Ah, he's both. Think about <laughs> it. All right. Well, some of these stone structures still stand to this day. I'm sorry for all the S's. I'm going to write out. I'm going to cross out all the S's next time. <laughs> But most notably, Jacob's Ladder remains. And some of the old cellars, like we alluded to before. Mm-hmm. And the chapel, which is also terrifying. Yeah. I know the chapel was one that they kept up. Um, a lot of them, like we said, either got burned into fire or like the whole complex was sort of raised after um, he moved out in like yeah. the late 90s. Like the fire spread building to building and really... And they just like knocked down a lot of it. Um, but there were some places that remained. The chapel, the ladder, the basement pits. Yeah, some basement the pits. There's like a gazebo that had a huge cross that for the longest time was there. And the cross has since been removed. And in fact, in its place, the gazebo's been painted around. And be, and some, you know, nobody knows who did it. But there's these ruins that have been painted on it with a with like a serpent circling the whole thing. Yeah, it's very satanic looking, but also really well like done. Like whoever the artist is, they're a satanic artist. But they were a satirist. A, they they were an, a satirist. They were an artist who uh, vandalized it. But it was actually very pretty looking. That's that's the line. That's the line between vandalism and art is quality. <laughs> But yeah, they came in and just did a bunch of like runes and like. If you vandalize and it looks great, <laughs> your banks. If you vandalize and it sucks, you're like tagging. It's violence. Um, but to this day, curious visitors and ghost hunters still frequent the property, because even though the building, the buildings have been raised to the ground, the legends, you can hear them now, <laughs> and perhaps the spirits persist. That was good. That's the story of the Hell House. You're it's... welcome. <laughs> Some days I can even still hear his voice. <laughs> Some days I can hear the, their cries out in the night. So that's our own Hell House. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we will get back to you. No, that's a terrible outro. Thank you guys so much for listening. We don't know how to say goodbye. Teach me how to, to say, say goodbye. goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. Go away. <laughs> Go listen to another episode. <laughs>